Hello, uh, it's me in my good shop. Um, just hoping that it'll distract you from <laughs> having to look at my living room, which is kind of in the middle of being packed away because we're moving house. But enough of that, we'll talk to you about that later. It's good to be here. It's good to be talking to you. It's weird talking basically to myself, um, but there you go. And um, It's not the first time I've done that, so it's nothing new there. We're going to have a little look at the Bible in a wee minute, and we're going to be looking a little bit at uh, community and about what it means to be community, to be rooted in the community, to be rooted in Jesus, to be rooted in uh, one another and how that all works. Um, I suppose Covid has been the biggest talking point of the year so far. It's not been the best time I've ever had. Uh, put it mildly, it's been pretty awful. Uh, but we've all been learning things during Covid. Um, I for one have learned that using an angle grinder to make a wooden spoon just doesn't work. It's not a very good idea and the wooden spoon looks faintly odd at the end of the day. Mrs Wilson and I have learned that you can make your own oaty milk. All you need is oats, uh, water, uh, other stuff, uh, dates, salt maybe, a blender, very important, an old sock to strain it through or a dish towel perhaps. I told Catherine the socks were not a good idea but you know she doesn't listen to me. And there you go, Bob's your uncle, you've got oaty milk in plentiful supply and much cheaper than it would be in the shops. Um, so very handy uh, come uh, lockdown number two when we can't get out and we're looking for all sorts of essentials. We'll have oaty milk so you know where to come, but you can't come obviously because we'll be isolated and we've moved to never mind. Anyway, okay, the Bible. We're going to be reading the Bible, uh, some part of the Bible that you'll be very familiar with, but you might not actually have heard it read in church for a wee while. Uh, so bear with me, it's in Exodus chapter 20, um, the first 17 or so verses. Um, as I say, you'll, you'll recognise where we are pretty soon. Then God instructed the people as follows. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in Egypt. Do not worship any other gods besides me. Do not make idols of any kind, whether in the shape of birds or animals or fish. You must never worship or bow down to them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not share your affection with any other God. I don't leave unpunished the sins of those who hate me, but I punish the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generations. But I lavish my love on those who love me and obey my commands, even for a thousand generations. Don't misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days a week are set apart for your daily duties and regular work, but the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any kind of work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. Then he rested on the seventh day. That's why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Honour your father and mother. Then you'll live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God will give you. Do not murder. Sounds much better in Scottish, doesn't it? Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely against your neighbour. Do not covet your neighbour's house. Do not covet your neighbour's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else your neighbour owns. There you go. The Ten Commandments, as they're otherwise known. Now, on their own, the Ten Commandments do sound just a tad negative. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen to you if you keep doing that? Um, and yeah, yeah, none of that's wrong. 
They are a list of things not to do. And if you take them as rules for us to live by individually, they are hard. Okay, most of us don't murder, most of us don't do terrible things, but we all covet. We all look at other people's stuff and think, ooh, I'd like some of that stuff, and he doesn't deserve that stuff, it doesn't work nearly hard enough. And, you know, all of these kind of things. We sometimes are quite happy to forget all about God and worship money or a football team or a partner or an idea or a dream. And yet, it's very hard to do all of these things on our own, and they are very negative. What God is saying about the Ten Commandments is, look, this is not for each individual to worry about in isolation. This is about us. This is about my people. This is about community. I had a wee picture in my head the other day when we were talking about community, and I saw this. This is not some grand vision. It's just my imagination. There was a whole load of plants, wee bushes on the ground, and they all looked really nice and it was a wee clump of bushes and it looked just like one kind of wee, I don't know what the collective term for bushes are, a thicket perhaps? We'll call it a thicket, okay? There's a thicket on the ground, lots and lots of wee bushes. But actually each one of those little bushes is in a pot under the ground. So on the top it looks like one kind of thing, it looks like a community of wee bushes. But actually underneath it's a whole lot of wee individual pots. And every single tree is doing its own thing. Every little tree is in its own little pot, struggling away to try and make ends meet. And actually, outside of the pot, if that wee pot wasn't there, so much more room, so much more interconnection, more, much more interconnectivity with all the other wee trees. Now, I'm not a gardener. I'm definitely not a gardener. If you've seen my garden, you'll know I'm not a gardener. Catherine's a wee bit better at gardening, but between the pair of us, we managed to kill pretty much anything other than grass, and that's hanging by a thread at the minute. But... This kind of idea that together you might look as if you're part of community, but under the ground, if we're all still isolated and doing our own thing and trying and struggling away in a very confined little space, it's not going to be good for us. So God basically lays down some rules for all of us. If you look at the Ten Commandments as corporate, it does actually make an awful lot more sense. And it basically comes down to three things. It comes down to our relationship with God, our relationship with other people and our families, and our relationship to stuff, the things we own. So we're going to look at these three things quite quickly. So first of all, God. Bible's pretty clear. First and foremost, God is in charge. No one and nothing else. He loves you. Okay? Pretty straightforward. He loves you. He loves you fiercely. He loves you passionately. He loves you to the extent that he was willing and happy for his son to die in your place. So he loves you really much. And he wants you to love him back. Family. Family is important. Honour your father and mother, that sort of thing. But we're all somebody's son or daughter. We need to look after those that care for us. We need to care for those who have cared for us. Extended family, close family, family that aren't blood but are still family. We need to look after all these people. If all of us, instead of just looking after our own upward relationship or sideways relationship, everybody looks after everybody else, all of a sudden you have cohesion, you have community that works together, you have societies that care for one another. It's really, really important. And then we have stuff. Don't take stuff. Don't take stuff that belongs to other people. Don't be greedy. Don't try and be resentful about the stuff other people have. If we do all of these things, we will have a better society. We will have community. I could do them on my own. I could do them in a little cave on a hill somewhere. That would actually be not too bad. If there was nobody else in the world, I'd find the Ten Commandments quite easy. Um, there'd be nobody to murder. I wouldn't have anybody to steal from. This all be quite straightforward. But God put us in community. God put us in families. God put us 
here together to look out for one another. We can't just run away and hide up a hill somewhere, as appealing as that might seem sometime. These principles in a society, and you have a society that looks up to God, that looks out after people, and it looks at people before profit. And it's content with what it's got. It's a society that doesn't just keep wanting to have more and more and more. The more you get, the more problems you have. Now, the problem is that lots of people, like me, are not naturally drawn to community. Pretty much, I'm naturally drawn to Mrs Wilson. And with, you know, occasional interruptions from the boys. But pretty much, I'm quite happy on my own. I don't really do friends. Don't, never had an awful lot of friends. Never really felt like I needed an awful lot of friends. I like people. Quite like an audience, as you might be able to tell. But most of the time, happy in my own company. So actually, lockdown for me has been actually quite nice. Spent most of my time in my own company, in my shed, doing my job. Happily ticking over the way it was. But even I need company. Even I need friends. I have missed church. I've really missed Worshipping. Really, really miss just being in a big group of people singing and worshipping God and listening to him and feeling that kind of community of fellowship and the presence of the Holy Spirit when we're all gathered together. That kind of thing, I think, is really hurting a lot of us. Hopefully, I pray that will sort itself out soon and we'll be able to get back together and actually worship in spirit and truth physically in the same spot. Anyway, as I was saying, we've learned a lot during covid I've learned quite a few things. I've learned actually that there's a group of people I previously ignored who are actually quite nice. And do you know who they are? They're my neighbours. Now, I'm not talking about neighbours as in love thy neighbour in the kind of slightly abstract sense that we might like to talk about, but people who we actually don't like at all, but we're nice to because they're our neighbours and the Bible says so. I actually mean the people living next door. Because um, they're actually really nice folks. Uh, now, I have got clap for carers to thank for that. If it hadn't been for, I think it was a wee Dutch lady who decided that was a really good thing to do every Thursday night, I probably wouldn't have spoken to another human being face to face other than on the phone or on Zoom or something like this for months. But we went out every Thursday night like clockwork, rain or shine, and we banged potlids together, we blew whistles, we clapped, we shouted, we whistled, we had a great old time applauding people who weren't there and who couldn't hear it. But actually what that really did was bring us as a community together. Strangely enough, as lockdown kind of retreated and as we got used to it and as the nights drew in, we've kind of stopped doing that. But there is still something in our street that's pretty cool. There's a uh, regard for one another. There's a friendliness that wasn't there before. It's something I've never really experienced before. And contrary to my previous history, I quite like it. Now, I'm not about to start putting bunting up and having a street party. Right? That's just not me. I'm not going to do that. And we've got far too many cars in our street, so it wouldn't happen. But there is still that wonderful experience of doing something together, living through something together and enjoying one another's company and reaching out to people and just showing them a bit of love. We've done street singing, which I'm happy birthday to people. Really quite funny, if you've got a street with people about 200 yards apart up and down the street trying to start a song is really hard. Trying to start a song in the right note is almost impossible. Trying to keep it going when you're too busy laughing at everybody else singing really badly is hilarious. But it's the thought that counts. Everybody who had a birthday sung to them was really, really happy, quite embarrassed. Uh, but it was great. It was really, really nice. And then we started doing cards and we dropped them around to people's houses and we dished out bags of joy to everybody in the street as well. And the whole community did come together. We suddenly realised, actually, we're not on our own. We're not just in a little pot, OK? We look like a street, we look like a community, but we are not just a whole lot of people sitting in our own individual little pots. We are actually people who could connect with one another. Obviously, two metres apart, of course, most of the time. 
But uh, so that was something that I've learned. And I've learned as well that there are things about the kingdom of heaven that are right outside my door. That I don't need to go to a mission field. I don't need to bury my head in theological books. I don't need to spend all night praying. Not that there's anything wrong with all night praying, but the kingdom of God is out there. And all I need to do is open the front door and there it is. And that's been a bit of a realisation because I've always kind of thought that the kingdom of God is later or somewhere else or actually I can shut the door and keep myself away from the kingdom of God because there might be things in the kingdom of God I have to do that I don't want to do. We were on the beach in Portobello. Portobello is where we're going to move to in, in a few weeks' time. Um, and we were on the beach there two or three weeks ago and we saw a family, it was a, an Indian family, um, and there was a mum and a dad and two or three uh, children and they were playing in the sand and they were having a wonderful time. And uh, it just struck us. And Catherine went over to speak to the dad, who was basically doing pretty much everything. It was great. There was a couple of mums. He was just sitting on a great old leather to themselves. It was quite fine. The kids were playing in the sand and all the rest of it. And there was this dad who was just doing a wonderful job with his sons. And they were having an absolute ball. So Catherine went over and just said, look, you're a fantastic dad. You're doing a wonderful job here. This is brilliant. You need to keep doing this. It's fantastic. Well done. Congratulations. You are a good dad. And all of a sudden you kind of think, hang on, that's a bit weird. You don't say that to people. You don't go up and congratulate people for being a good parent. But it just seemed the right thing to do because that's what community is about. It's about supporting people. Sometimes it's about supporting people you don't even know. Sometimes it's about supporting people who are doing stuff that is so ordinary, so missable, so run-of-the-mill that nobody thinks to bother mentioning it. There was another instance where there was a wee girl who was in in the toe of two or three teenage girls. The teenage girls clearly didn't really want to be looking after the wee girl. The wee girl was toddling, maybe three years old. And the three-year-old was throwing a strop like you've never seen before. She wouldn't do anything at all. She was screaming. She was giving it the ab-dab. She was running away. She would sit down and sulk. She'd just do dead. And she was making a huge racket. And these three teenage girls just did not know what to do at all. And you could see, basically, the fight-or-flight mode was getting in there. They either wanted to slap the wee girl and say, shut up, or they wanted to basically run away and pretend they had nothing to do with it. So they kind of did neither. They just basically retreated slowly whilst pretending to still be in charge as this wee girl stropped and just got stroppier and stroppier and stroppier. It's hilariously funny. So you're sitting in the middle of this watching all of this. All of a sudden, a lady comes up, clearly something to do with the whole party, and she comes up to this wee girl, and she just basically, she doesn't shout at her, she doesn't pick her up, she doesn't invade her personal space, she doesn't sort of take her somewhere where she doesn't want to go because the wee girl is very much not going to do anything anybody wants to tell her. She basically just sits down beside her and talks. Now, we couldn't hear what was going on, it was too far away. But about two minutes later, the wee girl was in the arms of this lady and they were walking back along the beach to where everybody else was, happy as Larry, smiling and happy and all the rest of it. And I remember thinking, that's wonderful. That's absolutely amazing. This woman's done a really, really good job in, in helping this wee girl just find a bit of peace and a bit of joy and all the rest of it. And I said, that's the kingdom of heaven working out there. A wee bit later on, we were walking along the promenade, which just been for a cup of tea. And we saw this lady. So I was kind of thinking, right, okay, what do I do? Do I say, I saw you earlier on, that was really cool, or you, you don't know me, or this would be kind of strange. So what I said was, this is going to be really weird. It's a really good way to introduce yourself to somebody just by saying, by the way, this is going to be really weird. But I said, this is going to sound a bit weird, but actually we saw you with your daughter earlier on, and we just thought what you did was wonderful. The way you reacted to her unhappiness and obvious distress was really, really good. She says, oh, she's not my daughter. And I thought, oh, for goodness sake, we've just witnessed an abduction. 
Uh, turns out it was just a friend of the family, but she did the mum stuff anyway, even though she wasn't mum. And I thought, well, there you go. There's the kingdom of God again. It's somebody else parenting somebody else's children, but doing it really, really well. So all of these things we are learning, all of these things are, are about taking community and making it real and making it work and making it something that Christians can do without having to bang a Bible in somebody's face, without having to shout at people about being burning in the fires of hell if they don't repent now, without having to basically judge people and tell them how wrong they are, because we're all wrong. None of us is living right. We're all just basically trying to make us few mistakes as we can get away with. But actually, community is all about supporting one another. It's about celebrating the ordinary achievements that people do every day because you don't know that, that person there who's just managed to cross the road with their elderly parent, that could be the first time they're out the door and taking two months. And they finally managed to get grandpa or granny or auntie, whatever, actually out the door and get some exercise. And there's huge triumphs going on everywhere you see. People who look miserable might actually just be doing an incredible thing just by being out the front door. So what I've learned about community over the last few weeks is how small it is, how huge it is, but how much of the kingdom of God community is all about, how much God is concerned with the mundanity of everyday life, the ordinary stuff that we do. And yet he's laid down these rules, he's laid down these commandments to say don't do this, don't do that. Not because he wants us to be miserable, because he wants us to care for one another. He wants us to live in a well-ordered, caring society that looks after one another and doesn't neglect people, doesn't forget them and doesn't just disappear. Now, having said that, we are about to disappear. We are about to move house. Having discovered community and what it's like, I've suddenly thought, right, okay, we're moving and off we go. What I want to take with me and what Catherine and I want to do when we go to Edinburgh is take something of the community that we've discovered here. When we came to Carlisle, we weren't the same people as we are now. We have learned, we have, we have grown a tremendous amount by watching the example of you guys. Uh, you know, being in a house group with somebody the same age, you know, led by somebody the same age as my children who taught me an awful lot. Watching people doing life in ways that we didn't think you could do or you couldn't sustain, that's fine for a holiday, it's fine for a soul survivor or a conference, but you can't do that all the time. Turns out you can, you can live like that. You can live that because you give your life over to Jesus and you ask him what it is he wants you to do. So we have taken so much from living in Kalila and we are eternally grateful to the people of the Golden City of Dreams, particularly Vineyard Folk, Andy and Ro and all the other people here. We love you and we've had a wonderful time living here and this is the first time we're going to move house with huge amount of sadness in our heart because we're going to miss people. So I'm going to do something I don't do ever when we move house. I'm going to say we'd love to keep in touch with you. Now, I, this is going to be on YouTube apparently. Um, there may well be people from where we've lived before watching this and say, what did he just say? Did he say we're going to keep in touch with you? Ha! Right? These are people that we used to know and we haven't kept in touch with. We're sorry. When we go to Edinburgh, we do want to keep in touch. We might even have a few of you around to visit. It'd be lovely to see you. If you're up in the neighbourhood, give us a shout and we'll have a cup of tea. Community has suddenly realised, we have suddenly realised, maybe we're getting old. Maybe we're just thinking, actually, we're going to be old and lonely. Children never visit. Never mind. But anyway, so... We are hoping that community will come with us. The, the big takeaway from living in Carlisle for the last six years has been all about community. It's all about doing life together with other people. We have not been good at it. It's not, as I've said, it's not my natural place. Spend a lot of time with other people. I like my own company and I'm quite happy with that. But I suddenly realise there's an awful lot of people out there who need 
people who maybe need me, okay, not many probably, but there are people there who need community and they need to feel like they belong. They need to be celebrated and congratulated, even just for doing things like being a good dad or a good mum or a good auntie or making a fine cup of tea. So we would just like to say thank you so much for bringing us into the heart of a city almost straight away, for loving us. Uh, when we've had real difficult times with unemployment and sickness and family problems and people have rallied around and loved us to bits and it has been wonderful. For all the wonderful friends that we've done, the opportunities to force feed you pastries and coffees, whether you wanted it or not, every Sunday morning for years, that was wonderful. For putting up with my drumming, for putting up with uh, my rambling monologues I occasionally get to do in church, it's been wonderful. Um, we thank you so much. Uh, we will come back properly for a visit. It'll be lovely to go around and hug people and say goodbye properly at the moment. All we can really do is wave. I hope as many of you as possible can make it around to the church building on Sunday morning to wave at us from a distance. And uh, we want to uh, say goodbye to you as, in, as sincerely as we possibly can. So thank you, Carlisle. Thank you, Vineyard. Thank you, friends, uh, for loving us so well over the last few uh, years. Cheerio.